Is this the reading room? Yes. I'm Saad Manzoor. And I'm Travis Howard. This is Reading Room Talk. Thank you for pressing play. We have a special guest, very special guest, over here with us from Florida, from Miami. We got Dr. Seth Crap. How are you today? I'm doing great. So, Travis, it's a pleasure to uh, meet you here and finally uh, get a chance to uh, chat with you. Yeah. Yes, I know we were trying to, <laughs> trying to make this happen, so we appreciate you making the time for us. Um, Absolutely. But uh, we'll get right to it. You got to take us back to medical school. Tell us, what was your toughest, toughest class or rotation in medical school? Well, you know, it's an interesting question because, you know, medical school is essentially divided 50-50 um, into classroom, like basic sciences, and then you have your, your clinical work, which is also academic, like those are that essentially coursework you're doing is just mm -hmm. clinically based. But um, I could say for me, by far, I'd have to say um, gross anatomy, which a lot of gross people anatomy. probably wouldn't find <laughs> that difficult. Oh, <laughs> you know, and the reason oh, being, funny. I'll tell you, is because I, I never had anatomy and physiology in college as a chemistry major. So yeah, um, I see. I see. That's a lot of uh, uh, gross anatomy is a very major part of the first year, at least when I went under the curriculum I was in. Yeah. And um, it's, it's, it's volume. So much it's volume. a lot of volume. Correct. It's, it's all volume. Now, did you have to like dissect your uh, cadavers or did you get pro sections made for you guys? Oh, no, no. We dissect it. <laughs> so, oh, see, that's so much time. Dating so much myself. Time. <laughs> no, we, I was the same way. It's, it's yeah, so much too, time. <laughs> it's <I>, like. <laughs> yeah, so you're, so you're dissecting, you're, you're, you're memorizing. I mean, just think about it. Memorizing every single thing in the human body. Exactly, exactly. And so did uh, you have a certain part of the body that you focused on? I know we had, there were four of us and we, and we all had a certain part of the body that we focused on. Yeah, um, I was working more on limbs, so like upper limb, lower limb. Um, okay. And we had a group of four as well. Um, but, uh, you know, still, I mean, like everybody's responsible, you know. For so sure, for sure. It's, um, it's kind of like we had, a, we had a good group. I mean, I had great study partners. I mean, that's one of the major uh, factors contributing to my success in medical school, uh, study groups and great study partners and just oh, great so friends, important. you know, to this day. But yeah. uh, oh, it's, was, you definitely saying, bond because you're there for a long time doing these dissections. Uh, many hours. <laughs> many, many hours. I, you know, I, I, I think I was like an early adopter of like saying that this is kind of useless for me. I was just like, I, I can't spend like six hours trying to get this nerve out when like if there's a pro section right next to me, I can just memorize it here. <laughs> yeah. But people like, got so upset at me saying that. <laughs> they were they like, yeah, I mean, people were like so upset at me that you don't want to dissect. I'm like, no, I'm good. Well, if you thought right. you were going to be a surgeon or you wanted to yes. do you know, big, you know, procedures, that that was everything. You were like, oh, my dissection is going to be beautiful. I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be the rising star. I'm going That's to right. see how well I'm doing with my hands. Let's go. I'm going to dissect the sterile nerve. Yeah. Yeah, yes. everything depends <laughs> on it. So for the aspiring surgeons and you know those, I mean, obviously that's something that's very critical. But you know, but I mean, for radiologists as well, though. So for sure, it know, is um, very, it very, is. very, very. You, were you were you ever interested in surgery? Is that like why you chose the limbs, or were you just kind of got assigned the limb? Um, interesting, you asked. Um, I did actually consider surgery. Um, yeah, you during, did during my yes. third year. I did consider surgery, and actually. It was where I attended medical school, Meharry Medical College in Nashville. Shout um, out. Yeah, and we have, um, you know, preceptors and we have rotations with uh, Vanderbilt 
University. So the Vanderbilt mm-hmm. University surgical residents were house staff at um, Metro uh, General Hospital, Nashville General Hospital, where we rotated. Um, when Mary rotated, gotcha. Correct. So um, I had a lot of exposure, great, great residents, and um, I, I, they they were like, "Hey, you should really consider surgery." And I'm like, "You know, this is actually kind of cool," but um, you know. <laughs> um, I, you know, being more of a, a cerebral guy, you know, I, I like technology a little bit more. And uh, one of my really, really close friends who was a year ahead of me was, you know, very, very much interested in radiology and said, yeah, you should probably think about radiology. So I'm like, you're doing radiology. You know, like, mm, let me look into this a little bit more. And I kind of, you know, tag, tagged on, like, tagged on to him, latched on to him and, you know, ended up kind of really... Um, diving more deeply into radiology so oh, let's tell now who is this who is this person uh, his name is dr joseph morell is one of my one of my best friends he's a he's a radiologist in um the orlando florida area oh shout out dr joseph morell i mean that's that's what it is it's information it's just getting the information you wouldn't it's it's tough to even know about radiology during medical school because uh you know you don't really see too much of them but i guess now there's more exposure but back then like you wouldn't even know what a radiologist did you know so it's uh yeah, it was, it's it, it's a very good point you make um, because, quite frankly, um, you know, and Meharry I'm speaking of right now, um, Meharry more so is a institution that we, we really focus more on uh, primary care um, fields. Mm-hmm. And we do have residency programs. At one point, they had them all, right? Um, mm-hmm. Radiology included. But over time, some of those went away. But you know, we definitely have OBGYN, family medicine you know, um, internal medicine, like oh, these different things are, are more, more of a focus. So um, we didn't have a radiology residency program. So you don't have that exposure that you would have down the street at Vanderbilt, right? They have exactly. a full, you know, academic department with, you know, 30, 40, 50 professors and I mean, probably more and residents and, you know, everything else, uh, a whole, you know, ancillary team of uh, PhDs and research department and, you know, um, it's just it's just a lot different when you're at a place that has that. So um, we actually uh, formulated um, a student group um, for radi- a radiology interest group. We Good for you guys. Excellent. Yeah. The uh, the radiology, um, uh, radiology and anatomical sciences student organization or RASO, which is the moniker. And uh, <laughs> so- another one of my, <laughs> my best friends, uh, Dr. Lucent there, um, you know, he, he and I and a few others, um, Dr. Nicole Newsom and Dr. Joseph Morell, we, we started this with the, the blessing of our dean and um, one of the great professors from uh, Meharry, um, Dr. Arthur Jackson, who was the uh, chair of anatomy um, department. So nice. uh, you know, we, we, we created the, uh, the sort of the, the infrastructure to educate other students about this and push radiology. You know, that right. was our goal in that. So, that's um, awesome. That's people out to do that. I mean, you were giving back before you were in radiology. That's awesome. That's yeah. really good. Um, yeah. Seth, yeah, I noticed that you had a lot of mentors um, at Meharry, people that really inspired you to, you know, to be great and, and do all the things that you did. Um, you know, I, I always, I want, I too wanted to go to an HBCU for medical school. I wanted to go to Morehouse. Thought about Meharry. Thought about other programs. Howard most definitely. Um, and I always wondered if there would be some level of, you know, there's a, an intangible, an inspiration, a motivation you get from those, you know, African-Americans that have gone on and done it before you. Um, can you speak to that? Have you noticed any difference from your other colleagues who maybe went to 
you know, non-HBCUs, other universities, and, and, and tell me what you think you might have taken from your experience there, Harry, that say I didn't get going to this University of Cincinnati. Right. Well, um, I can say that as a minority, you know, African-American um, in, our, in my case, so it's, it's definitely helpful to observe and actually be able to sit down and talk to someone who looks like you, who has achieved what you're looking to try to do, right? Right. Um, one one thing about, you know, uh, having that exposure and that experience, for instance, our the chair of the radiology department, um, uh, when I was beginning in medical school, Dr. Harold Thompson, so he's now chair at the, of the Asheville, which is affiliated with Vanderbilt. But nonetheless, to be able to talk with him first year, he's coming and doing a lecture during our anatomy course and you know, you get a chance to really kind of understand, um, you know, how it, how to not only just conduct yourself, but um, maybe how to be a mentor on the other side, right, at an early stage. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it does make a difference when you're, you know, having a peer mentor or someone who looks like you um, as a as a more senior uh, person, but. Again, I've, I've had them across the board, but I think it, it does something psychologically to give you a bit of uh, confidence knowing that well, hey, this person can achieve this, so I can, I can do this as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Versus exactly. it being more of an abstract concept. Mm. Yeah. No, something, yeah, something you said about just having to be intangible like that. And I think also the other thing is like when you go to like a, you know, such a historical institution, like you know that you're making history right when you get there. So you, also, you, you already feel like, that you need to like be helping someone else right at that point, as opposed to like, you know, if you go to like a majority institution, you might not necessarily have that same feeling where like, you're like, I'm just going to try to survive. And that's like my only goal. But then like, I feel like if you do go to HBC, you probably feel like, you know, I'm walking in the, uh, you know, steps of giants and I'm going to make sure I help. Like, even if I'm like a first year, or even if I'm about to start medical school, I'm going to start mentoring already. So I think it's just a different mentality that you, you have like going, know to an hbcu so that's that's awesome you guys started the group and it sounds like you guys are all radiologists now that's that's awesome yeah. oh yeah um the the four the three other individuals that i named are all radiologists yeah um, very successful um some in private practice um you know others in doing more academic stuff but yeah no um and we and, and that that developed also for us a network right exactly. so um we all stay in touch to this day. I mean, um, and uh, we 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 look to each other for information and resources as well. Sometimes so. <laughs> that's so good. I you love it. That. I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's and that's that's the whole point. It's information. The information is what's lacking. So you know, the whole point of this thing is to try to get the information out there and let people know it can be done and it's doable. And sometimes you need someone to go through it with you, and you can get it done. So you know, yeah. we'll, we'll be here for anyone who wants to make it happen but uh tell us more about your uh, childhood now you're you're from uh jersey yeah or well, born um, in jersey i guess yeah i was born in jersey um mm -hmm. uh, my um parents went to college in new england um so my dad was at princeton um under undergrad i'm sorry uh graduate school and nice. my older brother actually was born in boston because my dad went to harvard undergrad so they were both my parents were both in school there my mom's uh -huh. at Oak, which is in massachusetts so Oh, um, so much pressure. You had no choice. You had to go to college. Well, yeah. That, and so I noticed a shift from Ivy League 
over to HBCU. So yes. was there, did you get any uh, pushback or was there any influence either way? No, no. I could, that, yeah, that's one thing I could tell you about, you know, um, obviously there's expectations that, you know, I mean, it's not just my parents. I mean, like my, like my grandmother was a nurse, you know, uh, both mm-hmm. of my grandmothers were nurses. Like, uh, I mean, I had multiple uh, relatives that, you know, went to college. So that is always kind of an expectation that, you know, you're going to, you know, at least achieve as high as you can in, in your academic endeavors, right? That's but awesome. yes. we were never under, I would say, that kind of duress or pressure to, you know, what you have to go here or it's, it's all over type of thing. I think our, you know, both, I have, you know, uh, siblings that have all gone to college and so on and so forth. So we're, I think as long as, you know, we were educated and pers- pursued what we felt we wanted to do, in terms of a career or, you know, goals, mm-hmm. our parents were, were happy with that. So that's great, man. That's oh, great. that's so good. That's so good. Now, now you grew up in Florida after that. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so both of my parents are from Miami. So they moved back shortly after, you know, I was born. So I grew up in Miami. I spent all my formative years there, elementary school and high school and all of that stuff. And, um, um, you know, high school, um, Got into playing sports. I played um, some football there. And, what um, position did you play? I played uh, defensive tackle. Oh, and, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> was involved in music. Uh, <laughs> my my school was um, uh, Miami Northwestern Senior High School, which was a performing and art school. So, okay, um, I was also involved in music. You know, so um, the medical interest kind of came along a, a bit later, <laughs> probably uh, during. I was always interested in science. I loved chemistry. Mm-hmm. I always loved chemistry. I used to, you know, play around, mixing stuff up, getting in trouble when I was a kid, right? But <laughs> I always loved chemistry. Um, so I always knew I wanted to study some kind of science, but chemistry mm-hmm. was, I was a little bit drawn to that for some reason. Yeah. But, um, you know, during college, um, my first real, I would say, reality check about wanting to do it, because I was a chemistry pre-med major, because I thought, oh, maybe I want to do pre-med. Mm-hmm. But, um, my dad's friend, uh, who we went to high, high school friend, who's a family friend uh, by the name of Dr. Nelson Adams, uh, he nice. was a Harry graduate, very successful um, obstetrician, gynecologist in Miami, had his own private practice. And I had a conversation with him once about medical school, and he introduced me to, you know, a lot of the concepts and some of the things that are necessary to do, and also uh, about Harry. That's kind of where I first heard about it, right? So gotcha. I always had an interest in going there. So it wasn't just like uh, by happenstance. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's great. I mean, you got that information. It's, it's, uh, it's good to, again, see someone like early on. that's like a doctor that you know that went to a college that you're just hearing about. That's, uh, you know, it kind of sets, sets mission for you, sets a goal, which is great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, if you I, – I don't have the stats, but, you know, I do a lot of discussions around um, – minority uh, participation in medical school, medical sciences and medicine, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Even with my undergraduate, I went to Florida International University in Miami. Mm -hmm. Um, I've spoken quite, you know, frequently on it and had some panels, discussions about diversity, equity and inclusion and so on and so forth. Yes. Um, You know, it makes a big difference when you have the exposure. Um, And I can tell you, even on... From in from the aspect of a minority, I mean, I had many many classmates whose 
parents, you know, grandparents were doctors, you know, who went to Meharry, right? So yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. like um, these things are not abstract concepts. Like they're real, they're real concepts and they're real ideas that, hey, you know, there's people in my family that are doing this. I can do this. But yes. I think the lack of exposure and opportunity to learn, like you said, the information, to learn mm-hmm. about these these opportunities and if you if you are interested in being a surgeon hey these are some of the things you can do this is a book you can pick up this yeah. is a guy who's actually a surgeon that's in your neighborhood i can yeah. introduce you to this person yeah, yeah. we like that we, yeah. we like that and that's the i think that's the difference um when you start looking at these statistics yeah no that's exactly right yeah that's exactly right those uh, that those generations of medical professionals, successful medical professionals in your family, I th- I think unfortunately, you know, I think that's a I know that's a rarity in our community, and um, you know, I, you're doing the work, you're doing the work to try and um, you know, increase those numbers, increase that awareness, and and get and get our kids um, in in medicine. That's great, man. That's wonderful. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, exactly. for myself, you know, um, although, you know, again, I had many relatives that were educated, um, college educated, and even beyond that, but I was like the first uh, medical doctor in my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have, you know, one of my cousins is also a physician now. Um, mm-hmm. He's a few years younger than me. He's an anesthesiologist. But, um, right. you know, at that point in time, I didn't have a person in my family that, that had done it. So, you know, yeah. I was kind of like doing this de novo. You know? <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. But you, get out. <laughs> yeah. But at least you, but you knew it could be done. You knew it could be done, which is great. You know, like that's, right. I think that's, that's, that's what's kind of lacking is like, you knew it could be done. And hopefully like talking to people who actually went through it, at least you could know that you don't have to be perfect to get through either. I think people kind of get discouraged right. along the way where like, you know, they feel, like, you know, if you're just online reading and someone, you know, you tell someone you got to be, they're like, oh, we need to do a post-bac program. You're done. You can't, you can't do it. Um, oh, no, you know, like um, that. And I think that that's the information that like we try to kind of focus on here because you don't have to be perfect. You just have to keep going. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I mean, I by no means uh, had a perfect uh, <laughs> academic record as an undergraduate. I mean, you know, I, I feel very fortunate to to have had the opportunity to go to medical school. I mean, I had um, some, some interviews. I was a non-traditional student um, because I worked for two years as I was really, you know, boning up my, you know, information for the MCAT and, you yeah. know, um, really trying to score very well on that because I didn't do well when I started taking MCAT practice tests. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had to kind of take that additional time and, you know, mm-hmm. also um money it, it takes money to to apply to medical school it ain't so, free it's exactly. not free at all it is not free yeah, so but that's I good you, i mean i've had i had, a, I had a, a rough semester or or two and you know i had to do some kind of summer work to kind of get my academics back on track but you know i think yeah. those things are those you know this is the iron sharpens iron you know uh taking the tough road approach you know and um I think that you learn from those things and it makes you stronger and uh, more determined. So um, I think if there's someone who says, or who's thinking like, well, you know, I, I, maybe I got a C or I didn't pass this class and I just, I give up, you know, it's over. Yeah. No, I would say not at all. You you just have to stay determined and stay focused. And, you know, lots of um, 
what goes into pursuit of a medical education, you know, really is, 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 is a weed out process, you know, exactly um, right. they have to have filters and ways to weed people out. And if you can jump through those hurdles or over those hurdles and through those hoops, um, you could definitely achieve it. And there's ways to do that. And, you know, I think the mentoring and the information is very helpful in, in doing that. Yeah, no, that's exactly where it's at. So I agree. Um, I was going to say, so like, so you, so you ended up in Meharry. Then now where'd you end up for a uh, residency? So um, after um, graduating from Meharry. Um, and how was the process for applying for radiology? I guess that's the other thing. It's not, <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah, I can um, <laughs> touch on that. Yeah. So um, I think if we, um, you know, the, I was mentioning uh, before, but I can reiterate it. We had a, a, a group of us, um, one of my best friends, and we're all great friends, but four of us started um, a radiology interest group, and mm-hmm. we start seeking out the small number of Meharry students that had went on to radiology residencies, right? Yes, exactly. And, and there's, no, uh, there's, no, there's no radiology residency at Meharry. Uh, correct. There, there so, used to be in the past, mm-hmm. yeah, um, but um, it's no longer in existence. Um, so it's crazy. Like you don't even have a home institution, so you had to go like make basically make those connections to feel like you had a home institution, some some place that you can kind of rely on, so you can like at least get the information and like move on to the next step. Absolutely, and, and in addition to that, um, you know, doing rotations to get you know, additional just practical clinical experience, you know, we had to go to other places in some cases to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, as a senior, as a fourth year, when you're applying, you could do electives and those are like visiting rotations or, you know, where you oh, go, yeah. at, you know, at your own expense <laughs> to, yep. uh, to stay in a city or whatever, to spend some time at an institution where you can observe and learn radiology, right? And get so, to know people. Get to know people and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, so those are some of the aspects of it. I mean, applying was a lot of research, a lot of, um, you know, figuring out, you know, which institutions were, you know, more likely to interview you or, Mm -hmm. um, which ones were of more interest than others. Um, (laughs) some, some may have been more receptive than others to people from our school, for instance, you know, they have a track record. Hey, we had two guys come here from your school. They're excellent. We'll definitely take another Uh, We haven't ever even heard of your school. So, you know, major key, you got to find that pipeline. Yeah. Figuring those things out. And that's where, again, the network and the information comes into play because, again, we started sharing information. So guess what? The person that was a year ahead of me, he shared the information that he had. I shared the information with the people below me. They shared with the people below them. And then you start developing uh, a bit more of a success. Radio- okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's very, very true. But, you know, the, I think the application process, just like many other residencies, um, you know, it, it's like, it's a trying period for everybody, but you know, it's, it's enjoyable because once you're successful in getting a, a residency spot, which for myself, um, I trained at the university of Florida, um, which has two campuses, one in Gainesville, which is, you know, where you see on, on TV on Saturdays. And oh, then yeah. there's another campus, a little one trauma center in Jacksonville, Florida. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's cool. So how, how many people were in your residency class? Uh, we had uh, 16 at the time. So they were 16. taking about four 
Yeah, 16 uh, total. They had like four red zones. Oh, okay, okay. gotcha, gotcha. Oh, man, that's what's yeah. up. That's really what was that like? Um, so, so you know, it's interesting because all well, I, I could speak for other specialties, I don't want to say, but they may disagree, but. For me, I would say my opinion is that residency is 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 a is an on the job training, basically. Universe, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's right. It's, it's, it's an apprenticeship. <laughs> like, hey, you sit next to me. I'm going to show you what to do, and at a certain point, I'll let you start doing it. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, right. An, it's an apprenticeship. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're you're an apprentice for like four years, right? So mm. uh, going through that process was interesting because. Um, there are people who are extremely interested in your success and, and, and have an interest in, in your progression. And then there may be others who may not be as interested, right? Yep. But, you know, at the end of the day, in, in, in programs, ACGME programs, are, um, you know, they're responsible for, you know, educating you and, and, and that, that whole process. So um, I think, you know, when you, when you get into these various programs, or the residency training programs, I should say, um, I think you're going to find a wide array of experiences from different people, depending on where they go and where they end up. Mm-hmm. That's so true, man. I came across this tweet once that it was a medical student or maybe a resident. The uh, point remains, they, you know, the attending had asked them a question and they didn't know. And they said, oh, you should really know this. And so the medical student responded with, well, I'm paying X amount of dollars to be here. I'm devoting my time. You are the teacher. I'm actually expecting you to teach me what I don't know. They got a bad review. They got a bad grade, that motivation. Yeah. But, um, That's real, though. It, it, but they said that the satisfaction, was, it was so worth it to be yeah. able to just say what we all kind of think on some level, you know, like maybe... Which Oh, man. So you a, have to be prepared, right? You have to be prepared. You have to read up. You have to know what's going to happen. Be prepared. Yes. For if you don't know something, it's up to the instructor, up to the attending to decide whether or not you should know it or not. And so that subjectivity can drive some people insane. Just kind of put that yeah. out there. But, um, oh, yeah. You know, it's funny <laughs> you say that because you're lucky if somebody walks you through it and yeah. then, and, opportunity to show what you've learned what you've grasped a lot of times you're just thrown in and and graded on and evaluated and you haven't been taught how to do it exactly (laughs) they're like they're basically saying i'm not doing my job to you which is like what like i'm here that's what i'm here for it's (laughs) a time to shine though it really is that you love you 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 earn your stripes and you yeah time to shine so um medicine's funny like that it's just a weird medicine like yeah you know, it, doctors, it, it it, it, it's very weird. <laughs> no, it is. It is definitely. I mean, um, and, and again, the, the point, the point is, it, it, it's a great point. I mean, because again, there's different ranges of expectation, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm going to be frank is, it's there's data out here that shows that, you know, there's a high level of attrition with minority residents. Exactly. In these programs. Exactly. And, there's also a severe lack of minorities in some of these specialty programs, right? Exactly. So, I mean, there's why, I mean, you can't tell me that there's only 3% of qualified, you know, African-Americans that can be a radiologist. I exactly. It's not true. That's yeah. right. Um, but again, you know, I'm not here to 
demonize or call anybody out. I'm just pointing out the numbers. No, those um, are, those numbers don't lie. Um, if, we don't, yeah. if we don't speak truth here, it won't be spoken. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. So and there's initiatives around this. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. there's diversity initiatives in the American College of Radiology. I mean, there's yes. uh, diversity initiatives across the board. The Journal of the American College of Radiology constantly puts out survey mm-hmm. data about the lack of diversity and 70 to 75 percent of radiology applicants being male and, you know, non-minorities and you know, all of this stuff is, I mean, the, the, the information is out there. Uh, exactly. I think that, you know, one problem is not having uh, access to, to some of these residency programs and, and some of our institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, when, I, when I say R, I mean historically black potentially institutions, like, you know, yeah. the houses of the world, the Howards of the world, those types of places, but also just wanting to be more diverse. And I get exactly. it. I'm not, exactly. No one's looking for handouts. We're not talking about affirmative action. We're just saying, you know, if you got applicant A, applicant B, same exact everything, you know, across the board, you know, what's going to be that differentiating factor? You know, oftentimes as human beings, maybe you feel more comfortable or you may feel, well, hey, maybe this person's a better fit. And, but what drives those, what drives those thoughts processes? What drives yeah. those decisions? That's where we really have to dig deeper. Exactly, exactly. Like and I feel like it was kind of, exactly. I was gonna say, it's kind of, I think it was really, it was kind of tough for like, you know, any, any of the minorities who are applying for residency this year or the last couple of years, I guess, since all the interviews were virtual. So you didn't really get a chance to like, you know, sit down and like talk with people like face to face and, you know, people aren't used to someone who looks like you or like acts like you, like it's easy just to like dismiss them like online and just rank them lower just because they're just, they're just not normal to you. So, you know, shout out to everyone who like matched this year and the year past and hopefully get back to like, um, you know, these uh, actual in-person interviews where like, I feel like we just have a greater chance of like expressing our personalities, expressing, you know, like what we can bring to a program is something you can't like necessarily you know, show on Zoom, you know, so mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully that'll change as well. So, yeah. and I'm a firm believer, you know, as African Americans, we make up 12% of the population. Well, that 12%, you can extrapolate that across professions. So, exactly. You know, let's, exactly. let's work to achieve so we can be, rep, you know, we can be represented when our patients need us. Um, and I, and I think that's what we all want to shoot for, you know, just, uh, great patient care, better patient outcomes. That's well documented, well studied. Um, and so, you know, we have work to do. Exactly. No, I agree hundred percent, but we'll definitely Absolutely. have to get you back over here because we're going to have to talk more about what you're actually doing, but we're going to get you out of here on the last question. Um, so, uh, tell us more about the music you did when you're in high school, college. Um, so the music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We want to know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, a lot of people don't know unless they know me, but I, uh, so I, I was, I was formally trained in, uh, in a uh, violin. So I played string oh. probably from, I would say, first grade through like my junior year of high school. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, I mean, yeah, junior year of high school, yeah, junior year. I think I kind of started, you know, moving out of that when I started playing sports, but. Yeah, I was play for like uh, a while, you know, like almost. Oh, 10 that's years. awesome! Uh, <laughs> that's really good. Do you also, miss it? Uh, you know, I, I can tell you one thing about classical music is uh, it, it gives you a level of knowledge about culture that mm-hmm. um, a lot of people mm-hmm. don't get. Um, mm-hmm. 
and um, you know, learning about you know Beethoven and Mozart and you know a lot of these great composers and and um, you know some of the Handel and you know a lot of these um, these musical compositions. Um, you know, it, it actually it actually helps. You know, and and also when I was involved with that, you know, we did performances and I got to go to places I probably would have never been exposed to. Um, That's great. Having that experience. And I also played drums too. I wasn't good on, that good on drums, but you know. <laughs> that, oh yeah. That was. Uh, you guys got Uncle a... Luke down in Miami. You got to play the drums, big drums. <laughs> That's, that's, that's part of the that's part of the scene. The, the, I love it. I love it. Well, I have one more question, actually. So, what do you play in the like when you're in the reading room? Like, what, do you what type of music do you play? So internationally, internationally, I can't listen to music and dictate. I, I can't do it. Really? It's, never, <laughs> it's always been a distraction to me because again, yeah. my my background. I'm so into music and anime. you get too much into it. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, it, it, it diverts my attention <laughs> to music. However, I listen to like shows like this i listen to podcasts i listen to news um oh, talk interesting shows. just in just lightly <laughs> in the background like news roughly like just some background chatter it's like background chatter yeah you know, yeah 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 always, is as that's how i've always been even when i study like i like to study in coffee shops and that because it's just background chatter so when i'm in the reading room i listen to news and podcasts like you guys <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, that's awesome. Excellent, man. Well, we really appreciate it, man. We're going to have you back because we're going to talk. We have to have you back and talk about, you know, the business aspect, everything you're doing. But we love all the background that you just gave us about everything you've been through and how you made it yeah. to where you are so far. Um, I, I actually have one question, too, I want to ask you about. I was reading sure. up on you, Dr. Kreffin. You said that you have a, uh, a motivation to practice compassionate radiology. And I want cool. I want you to drop some knowledge on compassionate radiology. Yes, and, sure. And what that means to you? Absolutely. So, so my company, um, South Florida Radiology, is a, a teleradiology company. Uh, we do general diagnostic radiology, ER, urgent care, um, radiology. You know, mostly in Florida, but we, we work across the country. And um, I'll, I also have a second sub-company called Pediatric Teleradiology Partners that does pediatrics. But for South Florida Radiology, I mean, you know, we want to ensure that our clients know or anybody that uh, we contract with that we're going to basically treat the patients like they were our family, right? Um, far too many, far too often, I would say, you know, we get into the commoditization of radiology and it's all about numbers and volume and just, you know, driving, driving, driving out the reports and driving out the numbers. Right. And really you start lacking that, that, that personalization mm -hmm. of, of dealing with, with the patient care aspect of it because we are treating patients. Like right. radiologists are not just some machine. We're not just here to, you know, look at something and spit out a report. We're actually treating, we're doing patient care. And I want to make sure that that's emphasized to our clients and everyone who we do business with, because that's our goal. We're not just here to um, to make a dime. Uh, we're we're here to to treat patients, and I think that has resonated with a lot of individuals, and it's helped to um, allow us to to grow the business. That's, that's wonderful, awesome. man. And very important too when you're practicing pediatric radiology. You want that compassionate care. You want that. The TLC, so that's wonderful. Man. Exactly, that. exactly. Because like once a once a pediatrician sends them to get some radiology done, oh. you know they really think something's going on. So that's 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 
exactly how you have to treat it. So, now, now, where can they find you online and on like any social medias? Oh, sure, absolutely. So, uh, I would say the number one place um, would be um, my website, company website, which is uh, www.sflrad.com or sflrad.com, which gotcha. is for South Florida Radiology. Um, and all of my uh, links are there. Um, I'm obviously uh, on LinkedIn, which is uh, probably <laughs> find me very easily there. But my <laughs> handle on most of the platforms is uh, dr underscore Seth C or Dr. Underscore Seth C on um, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all, all platforms. Perfect. Perfect. Excellent. Now we'll have everyone get at you and um, we're going to have you back. Yeah. Yes, yes, we're not going to ask you. We're just going to call you to get you on. <laughs> Hey, uh, you, you got you got my number. You guys know how to find me. I'd, I'd love to come back and share more about the business and uh, the, not only the teleradiology business, but other uh, business oh, ventures yes. I'm involved with. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. We're we're here. We're here to learn. We'll be taking notes. Definitely. Yes, definitely. Sir. But stay motivated, man. Keep doing the great work that you're doing. We're very very proud of you, and uh, you're motivating us. Exactly. Exactly. Now we well, love it, man. I appreciate that, and I definitely appreciate what you guys are doing by shedding light and bringing attention to um, our colleagues. And um, I think it's very important work that you're doing, and uh, very uh, happy to uh, to join you and, and be a part of it. Appreciate it, appreciate it. And thank you guys for tuning in. Yes. And, uh, until next time, stay low, keep firing. Keep firing.